Create an Unstoppable Life, Episode 99. Create an Unstoppable Life is all about mindset for the high achiever to help you build a life of fulfillment and freedom. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a mindset and marketing coach and a family medicine physician. It's an honor to spend time with you today. Welcome to this episode. I'm so glad you're here. This is 99, and we have a special guest today. His name is Craig George. Hello. (laughs) Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Craig George. I am the husband slash partner slash criminal enterpriser with Dina George. And we're sitting here as a way of celebrating the 99th episode. So we have Champagne and McAllen 18 and you. So thanks for being here. Announcements. Do you have any? Uh, school's almost out. Uh, the fourth graders, I think, stopped being in school mentally about two weeks ago. They will physically not be in school week two weeks from now. Are you ready to be out as well? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a rough year with all the changes and hybrid and virtual students and live students and precautions. I think everybody's ready to take a break. I can imagine. So I have one announcement, and that's episode 100 next week. Our special guest is Erin Wiseman. And this podcast is based on one that she does with her husband, Craig. (laughs) Hers is called Married to an Alpha Female. Today, we weren't sure what the title is, so that's going to be added after the fact. You get to hear a lot about Craig, and today is hearing from Craig. (laughs) So what are your thoughts? You have been discussed in many a podcast episode. Well, I think uh, first and foremost, uh, the fact that my truck was the center of attention for one of your podcasts makes me happy considering the uh, amount of hours and consternation that has been put into that truck. (laughs) It's the perfect truck for 70 degrees and sun. 70 degrees sun and less than a mile of travel. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think when you bought the truck? It's doing what I wanted it to do. I mean, it's fun to drive. It... It really is great because, and as you've experienced, people smile when you drive by them and they wave and they're excited and people will come up to you when you park and they want to talk to you about it and they want to look at it and just open the door, let them look at the engine, look at everything and they just have a great time. And there's this joy of of sharing such an interesting and oddball looking thing. And it kind of shows kind of the beauty and all the things in the world that there is, is that there's some commonality, no matter, you know, race, color, creed, religious preference. Everybody likes an old car in the United States of America. Yeah. Share what year it is and what kind it is. It is a 1963 Econoline truck. Um, You guys would probably see its great-grandchildren in the Econoline vans that are around. Uh, It was a previous life it was a navy shore patrol vehicle you can see where the siren and lights were mounted at one point in time and uh it gets great gas mileage and is paid for (laughs) the perfect truck and well with my mile commute it is absolutely perfect so that helps you like the podcast well no i mean i just it was fun to see that you put it on the podcast and that was kind of neat so yeah i like that you get a lot of feedback about the truck. I do. I do. It's uh, it's a head turner. Yeah. And how about from your students? Well, it, it's been given a couple nicknames. Um, 
It has an interesting grill set up in the front and the front's flat. So some of the kids call it Cookie Monster and they want me to paint the grill white for its teeth. And, you know, I affectionately call it the Blue Beast because, well, with its 177 cc engine, it's really pumping out the, uh, the horsepower. And where's the engine at? Yeah, it's right next to me as I sit above the axle, and the axle's bent. So it's kind of an oddball design that was never successful. So if you want to see a picture of the truck, if you look up episode 91, Wanting More, then you'll see it there. And I'll put a link to it in Instagram. So what did you think three years ago when I said, I want to start a podcast? Well... I am kind of a podcast kind of guy. As you know, I like audiobooks and podcasting, and uh, I really enjoy it. And I figured it's clear that you already had some things going for you. So you're organized. You can plan well. You've got a voice that everybody likes. I mean, when you're lecturing at church, everybody likes, oh, Dina's lecturing, Dina's lecturing, (laughs) which is always funny because... You know, I hear your voice every day, so I'm like, yeah, she is lecturing. Yay. However, I think that, you know, with those types of things, and you've got some really good stuff to say, podcasting seemed to be on the right direction. So what have you seen going through the process of zero to 99 episodes? Well, it's been been a ride. Our time together is somewhat limited in the sense that when you started this, our son was still in high school. And this was before the disease that shall not be named and everything else that was going on. And so you had to spend a lot of time kind of trying to figure it out. And it really wasn't easy. I could tell that you were, you know, messing with different microphones and, you know, all these different programs and whatnot. And what I appreciated about it is, is you enjoyed the experience. Like maybe not that second when you were going through trying to edit something for the 10th time. However, the fact that you were learning and growing with it was pretty cool. And you know, I, of course, as usual, stole from you because that's what husbands do. And then I did those videos for the school with, with the same idea in your equipment. So now, you know, I'm pretty impressed that you can put out one a week. I don't, honestly, when I teach, I can't stand to hear myself talk. So I don't imagine doing a podcast much would be helpful for me. What kind of feedback have you gotten? Oh, everybody just loves it, you know, and they, they'll comment on something particular to it. And I've got to smile and nod my head because, you know, I don't listen to every podcast you make. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's always been positive. I haven't really ever heard anything negative. So has anybody ever told you anything about you <laughs> that they heard on the podcast? I can't say that anybody has said anything directly about me. I mean, they've said stuff, you know, oh, I heard that you did this or something like that. But, I mean, that's public knowledge for for all I'm concerned. I can't remember anything specific. What do you think the highlights are just over the past three years? For your podcast, for your business, what? Everything. Oh, I think that you attending the Life Coach School like really transformed your life. And I think that when we were talking about it and the investment and all that, I think I told you, I really don't care, not in a apathetic sort of way, but I don't care if this becomes a career or whatever, because what you've learned from it 
is totally life-changing and has really helped you with your patience. That was a big thing in the last three years. It was nice that when this this is starting to turn from a hobby to a business, that's a nice thing. <laughs> you know, it's funny because you said when when I first started, you're like, it's going to take two to three years. And I looked at you like you were crazy. <laughs> no, one year at the most. And what did it end up taking? Two, two to three, two to three years. Two to three years. Yeah. But I mean, you think about like, we've read some pretty cool books, Tribes and and other books like that. And you and I both have had experiences both in and out of the military and how you grow the people around you. I mean, it, it's the difference between being a manager and a leader, right? A manager will sit there and it's not, neither are bad things, but a manager will sit there and kind of dictate things and expect things done. Whereas a leader will be out front setting the example to get things done. Some people aren't cut out for one or the other. The same goes true when you're building a business because, you know, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, I had a consulting business and it really took off on its own only because I had other people telling other people about me as opposed to me going out. So it was nice. And that's kind of what I think is happening with your business right now. You've got some pretty interesting people. And I say interesting in kind of a way of there's diverse and there's different life paths that people have taken and they come from all walks of life and that has been what appears to me a great thing it's definitely community and reputation Mm -hmm. as all good things are right i mean even i mean even in the military you know somebody outranked you that just meant you know that rank was out them as a person a man or a woman really was in the put of what you see them actually do you always salute the rank you don't salute the person. And there's a reason that that's a rule. Do you want to say more? Well, I mean, we've <laughs> had a fair share of interesting uh, people in our lives that have been our leaders, so to speak. And as you say, it's hard to be a human and they've made some not so great choices. I think what people don't understand about watching people in leadership is that even bad leaders are really good to learn from. And even if it's just not, oh, don't do that, Right. There's other things that you can learn from them. And no one is, in my opinion, no one, and you know some of the people I've worked for, is totally lost. They've got some appreciative quality. I mean, you look at a a group of people, you know, especially with young leaders, if someone thinks they know it all, that's one thing. If someone thinks they know it all, but they're willing to learn, that's even better. If someone thinks they know it all and there's nothing else to learn, those are the dangerous people. Do you remember the matrix yeah. that four person the four <laughs> you can work for you can work hard or easy uh, you you have a boss that's either hardworking or or not smart or not smart and you definitely don't want to work for the not smart hardworking guy because you're gonna be like in at six and out at nine p.m. You want to work for the smart lazy guy because he will give you or she will give you the guidance that you need to do your work because they're smart, but they don't want to do much. And that gets to put in your hands and you really get to make a lot of great decisions. And I think that that's what we want. I mean, I think that's what you and I and others in the world want around us as people. We want those smart, lazy sort of people that'll let us in whatever position that we're working in excel. Let us excel. Yeah. And by lazy, what you really mean is, is they're not 
hustling to do everything. That's right. really focused and intentional. I'm glad you point that out. I haven't really met anybody lazy. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of a way to put it in the sense that the hardworking person really puts the hours and minutes and days into a project, whereas a not hard worker, a lazy, if you will, is more aligned to delegate work. Mm-hmm. Or to question if it even needs to be done. Yes. I've had a few leaders that, oh, thank goodness, too. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. I worked for a colonel who was extremely smart, uh, very detail-oriented, and always asked the question of why are we doing this? What is its intended outcome? And is there a better way? To the point that you would, he almost got himself out of a job. <laughs> it really speaks to the the quality of one's life is really based on the questions that we're asking. Absolutely. And the questions we're trying to answer. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like another book, question behind the question, right? Yeah. They're always searching for this. I mean, one of the, the phrases that just drives me insane, that grinds my teeth, if you will, is the statement of, well, we've always done it this way. I have seen that through all walks of life, both in the civilian and the military factors. I see it in education, uh, just all over. And it just, it drives me insane. Now, the only time that that didn't drive me insane was when I was a mechanic, because <laughs> you better have done that all that way before, because engines kind of work one way. However, when it comes to personal interactions and the reason we do stuff, you got to question why we're doing what we're doing. And if someone's saying that, you got to try to understand why they're saying that. Which goes a lot with mindset is really questioning this, these things that we've accepted as truth and, and figuring out, is it really true? Mm-hmm. Or is this just something that I've believed for years that, that isn't or isn't serving me well? Yeah, it's kind of like a movie script, right? Like we're, we're, we grow up and we're raised by people. And, you know, I believe in that springboard idea with our siblings and with our children, whereas we learn something and we're able to lend what we've learned to our children or to the people around us. And if our movie script is narrow and, and too ultra focused, we're going to miss a lot of the other stuff around. I was very grateful that, you know, my dad was the king of questions, you know. Uh, the reason I don't do a checkbook anymore is because of the questions that I would get about my checkbook. However, it did te- teach me to critically think about what's going on around me, what's important, what should I know, and that even though we've done it the same way over and over again, there's probably minor tweaks that we can find to improve stuff. What have you noticed the biggest changes within us over the past three years? <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, the biggest thing I think we've done is, is sent our child to college. I don't know that it has much to do with your business or, or what's going on. But, you know, the great thing about it has been some of the stuff that we've learned um, has been um, vindicated, validated by what you're learning in your business And it's helped us to kind of critically evaluate, I mean, very well in what is going on in our lives. So sometimes when you're, sometimes when you do stuff, you feel like you're all alone. You make these decisions and and you know that they're right. However, maybe that the group of people you are around aren't validating that. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So you have a couple choices. (laughs) change your thoughts, change your friends, 
or change the situation. And I think the last three years, we've learned how to balance all three of those things. Yeah. What was it like for you when I, I distinctly remember the day that he drove away, which means the couple miles down the road. <laughs> <laughs> but but that day was different than other days. What was it like for you? Well, I, you know, I think the hardest day was actually not that. I think the hardest day was the day he drove away for the first time in the car by himself. Mm. That was more of a of a risk, in my opinion. I don't know. It didn't really seem like much. I think that we'll really feel it when he graduates. Um, and if he's fortunate enough to get to graduate, that'll be great. Uh, if he commissions, I think that's going to be the moment when his little truck is packed up and he's like, okay, I've graduated from college and I'm headed off to whichever place he's going to go into his training and drives. I think that's going to be a big moment. This driving down the street stuff. And I mean, come on. He's lived at our house almost every weekend. <laughs> so she really hasn't gone anywhere. We get to see a lot of them. And his roommate. Thankfully. Oh, yeah. No complaints. Thankfully. What do you want everyone to know? About? Anything. Well, I think that I think people don't understand your past and your experiences as much as they, they think they do. I think you've done a lot more and had a lot more experiences than people understand. Me personally. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I find it hilarious the you know when you, they find out that you are a veteran. I think that's hilarious. Because <laughs> nobody would guess. You were in this clinic and there were these cadets and they would come in and they were injured and they would go to you and like, okay, ma'am, I need a profile so that I don't have to do PT, which is physical training. <laughs> And these guys are talking to you, which I find amusing. I guess some would call it mansplaining. I, I really don't subscribe to all that. But here you are, someone who has not only, you know, been through the physical training and has issue profiles, but has been to combat and, you know, has a few ranks underneath your belt. And as gracious as you are, I'm sure you were just nodding and going, oh, really? Okay, well, let me see what I can do. <laughs> so that's one of those things that I don't think people know about you. I don't think that they know how uh, supportive you are of me and my uh, my hobbies and my uh, peccadillos and all that and how much of a dog lover you are. Or maybe they do. I don't know. Did a lot of driving. I bet you people don't know that about you as well. We have put a lot of miles on America's <laughs> roads. Yes, we have. And it's been fun. It's been fun. Yeah, I think those are things that probably people don't know about you. And I think that in a way that helps you to not be surprised by other people and their experiences, as well as assuming, as I assume, that people had a whole life. <laughs> and, you know, when you're a teenager, you don't really understand that. Like, you're like, oh, well, that's my grandma. And my grandma is X and has always made chicken and dumplings and uses an iron skillet and drinks black coffee and that sort of thing. And what you don't know when you're at that age, and it's not just a physical age, it's a mental age. I mean, I meet people that are in their 20s that still think like they're teenagers. You have that ability to look at someone and say, you know, I know that these people have these huge life experiences and they probably know way more than they're letting on. And that's the way you treat them. And I think that that's great because that's treating people with respect, which people deserve until they prove that they don't deserve it. It's a lot of fun to catch on to just a few words 
And and to know what somebody means. So there's a few words as a veteran that yes. people will say. There's a few words as a doctor that people will say. Mm-hmm. There's a few words of somebody who's really just been to hell and back. And to catch on to that and say, oh, I bet there's a really interesting story there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. I agree. I, I get to see that with the kids. Like I'll listen to some of the things that they have to say. And it's true. I'm sure that this isn't a shock to you. But, you know, fourth graders parrot their parents. And some of the phraseology that they use, you can tell they didn't say that. That came from a veteran or that came from a physician or that came from a whomever. And you're like, mm-hmm, okay, you know, that's not a bad thing. It's bad when it's on their paper and they say that it's their own as they've written it down. We've got to have to have a separate conversation about that. But, you know, kids are kids. And 9 and 10-year-olds, they want to be like most human beings in general. They, 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 they want to be adults. They want to be treated with respect. They want to have the dignity of being a young man or young woman. And, but they still are parenting. They're parroting their parents' words and phraseology. What advice do you have for me? Oh, hold fast. You know how I am. I would rather, I look at the long game on everything. How can you maximize what you do that enriches the community you're part of? Like if, can you find, I mean, everybody says, not everybody, that's dramatic. A lot of people say they believe in the win-win idea. Very few people actually look for the win-win. And I think that my advice to you is to keep looking for that win-win. How can you create this amazing tribe that you grow that's inclusive, that in turn you get value from it and your clients get value from it? Like this podcast, I'm sure is a great example. Anything else that you want to say to the listeners who are generally high achievers, want to go faster, want to go farther? Um, I They've probably heard all of the normal stuff of, you know, walking someone else's shoes and, and all that sort of stuff. I think that a couple of things that I learned that are good things to remember are no decision is a decision. By not making a decision, you are making a decision. And there is consequences for that. I don't think you remember, however, back in the day we used to make these decision-making processes, or maybe you do remember. And I used to say, okay, we can do this, 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 and this. And I'd always include, we can do nothing. And that is a decision. And I think that sometimes, especially with higher achievers, we forget that not a decision is a decision. And what I specifically mean by that is that's a good thing to just take a pause with. I mean, in the military, we would call it a tactical pause. We kind of wait for the enemy to do something. We're already in motion. We, we need an indicator of how things are moving. So we need to take a moment. You need to take a breath. Take a drink, take an eat and drink some water. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think sometimes as high achievers, we're pushing so hard towards something that sometimes we just need to take a moment, take a drink of water or McAllen, and then see as it develops and then act on it. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not doing anything. You are developing strategies within your brain. You're thinking about things. You're thinking about if this happens, these are some things that would occur. If this happened, these are some things that would occur. But again, I really think that people miss out, generally speaking, on the idea of just taking a pause, doing nothing. Anything else that you want to say to close out podcast episode 99? I will tell you that I didn't ever think you'd get to 99. (laughs) 
I'm not a naysayer. I mean, I do believe that I am your biggest fan. Um, I did when you kind of took a pause with the podcast, like, no, you need to keep doing it because I thought that it provided a lot of value to people. And truly, if the industry that you're in is not about the money primarily, then this podcast would be the response to that. I'm, I'm really excited to see where you're going to go. Well, it's been a joy to have this conversation with you in the farmhouse. Thank you for being here. Truly my pleasure. <laughs> and I'll see you next week. Be clear on who you serve in your business, the value you provide, and the message you're sending. I help physicians launch or grow a business with the only two things that they need, mindset and marketing. Schedule a call at georgemdcoaching.com. I'd love to work with you.